0: I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough.
1: Hello and welcome back, back to another episode going. of It Was The Times with uh, Frank Five. Yes, hello. How are you doing there, Frank? I'm doing well, Brian. <laughs> and uh, people may notice there's a third mic this time around. Uh, our good friend, Chelsea. Hello. 13%er <laughs> who knows a lot about horror and uh, we're talking hard today, so... Or is it horror? How do you pronounce it, Frank? Horror, right?
0: Yeah, well, I pronounce everything incorrectly, so you're not going to want to mm-hmm. ask the upstate New Yorker. But Chelsea, how do you guys pronounce it?
2: See, we do it like horror.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, you're way wrong. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I say it like horror.
0: Horror. And where are
2: you from? I'm from Glasgow in Scotland. Scotland. So that's why my voice sounds like this.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: If I come across as really awkward, it's because I'm
1: so. So So, uh, what this is, is a pilot program, Frank, and a lot of it is resting on Chelsea's shoulders today because you and I talk movies and shit. And uh, I think from now on, maybe we can just randomly pick somebody who wants to come on, who knows a lot about a movie. And, you know, it's a kind of a way to get everybody involved. So Chelsea, if you fuck up ruins it forever
2: <laughs> oh, I'm, the, I'm the first person
1: you, yeah you're the guinea
0: pig yeah you're it i'm so lucky yeah. we, <laughs> yes we're we're listening to what the people want and we're we're giving it to them
1: yeah they're like less of you guys more of someone else
2: <laughs> I feel like you you might think that my horror movie knowledge is way better than it is
1: i i disagree uh maybe you, you said 70s you're not as familiar with but when I was, I went to a con in Scotland. This is how I met Chelsea. I went to a convention in Scotland with Mike and Ming, and we had a, an ant meet up one night. And there were a lot of people there, and everybody was drunk except Chelsea and myself. We were sitting off like to the side, and when she wanted all she, all she wanted to do was talk horror and make fun of Ming's dance moves. So I'm like, this oh. is a person that I can get along with.
2: <laughs> oh, I talk Sopranos as well.
1: I talk yeah. Sopranos, yeah. So, like, everything she's talking about is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, definitely very likable.
2: Yeah. Just clicked right away.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's how I met Chelsea. Uh, and today we're going to talk Black Christmas, 1974 movie by Bob Clark, uh, directed by Anyway. But this is the third Bo- Bob Clark movie we've done, Frank.
0: It is. And, you know, it's kind of weird because Bob Clark, uh, I mean, he seems like he's probably an off kind of guy. I mean, he made the uh, Christmas story, right? Which was that wholesome, wonderful, but everything else that we've ever reviewed of his is a little off. It's a little bit fucked up. Yeah. With well, this one taking the cake, I think. Have either of you guys seen the movie death
1: dream? Never
2: seen it. No.
1: Uh, it's, also re- 70s? it's also dead of night. That's another one he did in the same year. He did black Christmas. I recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's not the easiest movie in the world to find. But uh, it's about this guy. He was a Viet- he was like a Vietnamese Vietnam soldier from America. He gets shot over there, and as he's like going out, he remembers like he's thinking of his mom, saying like, "Andy, you said you would come back. You have to promise to come back." So he, even though he he uh, obviously expires on the battlefield because uh, his parents get a notice, they're like, "Hey, your son died." So they're all broken up and upset. But then a few days later, he shows up, and they're like. Of course, they're overjoyed. They think it's just been a mistake, but you know, from there on, it's it's kind of like Pet Cemetery a little bit. Oh, okay. Except with a human.
0: Yeah. So he's not the same person.
1: No, not at all. And he becomes less and less the same person as time goes on. It's really cool. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Definitely something to te- to check out. This movie you could actually find. I don't know about you guys. I found it on the website Voodoo V U D U, and it's um for free. So the website is free. The movie is played for free. Uh, I don't know if they had any other of the sequel or any of the other remakes. I think that the one that was 2006 was on that website, but not mm. the newest one. So have you seen either? No, and I I've, because when I was doing the research for this, they they just got such poor reviews, and the the last one that's all I kept reading about was that it was all girl power politically correct kind of you know and i don't know how you even do that with this movie that was the latest
1: one well that's why it didn't work because they were (laughs) they were kind of trying to like turn it on its ear and have the girls be you know overwhelming the killer but it's like well how does that work right there's you know then then if people aren't afraid of someone and the killer's supposed to now be afraid of them it just doesn't really
2: I heard in one of the the remakes they went into the the backstory of Billy.
1: Mm. I don't, I, know I don't so recall. It. Yeah, I, I saw the 2006 one too. They're so forgettable. And again, like, why do you want to go into the backstory of Billy? Like, isn't it better? You know, now that if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it and then come on back because obviously we're gonna hit you with a bunch of spoilers. But uh, much like like Michael Myers. Like, not knowing his origin or why he's so fucked up, I find more appealing. Or, in this movie, even knowing who he is by the end. Yeah. One of those rare occasions where they're not going to tell you.
0: I have to to agree with you on that. I'm definitely somebody who likes things more in a nice, neat package. Um, And then to have this movie where, at the very end, you still don't really know who the guy is, normally that would be something that would bother me. But it totally works, I think, for this movie.
1: No. Yeah,
2: because yeah. the phone rings at the end, so then you just assume it's he's, not the guy.
1: Yeah, he's still around. Whoever they get, I mean, they don't. It's really weird at the end too, because you know we're really jumping ahead here. I know, <laughs> but isn't it weird at the end how they know that these that uh, Peter and Jess, you know, they find them. Uh, Jess appears to be the last one alive, but. Wouldn't they search the entire house? Because Claire is still upstairs, like, in the window <laughs> with, with a dryer, dry cleaning the, bag over her head.
0: <laughs> the, the police force, it must be a Hamlet, i guess. Because, I mean, uh, you know, they have Sergeant Nash, who was a complete, you know, he makes Barney Fife look like SWAT, you know? It's, yeah, bumbling. Were, yeah, it's just horrible. But yeah, and, and the fact that they all left her was, was ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. They didn't even take her to the hospital. Well, she
0: no. She was already sedated. They were letting her rest. This killer is still on the loose, and they're all like, "Let's go. We're all going to go to the morgue." Uh,
1: this was a Canadian movie masquerading as an American movie. Um, yeah. Like you could tell the obvious accents, uh, some of the street signs, that kind of thing. Yep. Now, what I've never seen is a Scottish horror movie. <laughs> like, are you?
2: as <laughs> one. It's a werewolf movie. And oh my god, the name! I think it's Dog Soldiers, actually.
1: Oh and yeah, I, yeah, I've seen that. I think yeah. it's really good. It's uh, it's, it's great, actually. Mm-hmm. Dog Soldiers.
2: That's the only one that I can think of. Or maybe yeah. there's just one Scottish guy in it, so maybe it's not even a Scottish. It's guy.
1: not even Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will claim it though. That's
0: it. They claimed it. Like, what else is Scottish What is Scotland known for? Or Scottish people known for? Loch
1: Ness Monster.
0: The Loch Ness Monster.
2: Or bad food. <laughs>
0: the bad food.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a, a big uh, deterrent to ever go back to Scotland was their food is, I mean, I found it to be very, like, I felt like Walt Flanagan. How, how Walt Flanagan feels in America,
2: I felt like that in Scotland. Like I see how the way that Walt is with food, that's the way that I am. Like, I'm so picky. I'll just pick a food and then I'll go with it for like the next five years. So like, uh, imagine living here and being like Walt.
0: <laughs> but what is it what are you guys like known for what what do you eat
2: um like haggis I, I, I was gonna, gonna that's that. what <laughs> that was the only
0: thing that was gonna come to my mind isn't it something like that you cook in a cow's stomach
2: it's the sh- the lining of a sheep's stomach i think but then somebody said to me yesterday that it wasn't even meat and i was like what news <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> to me
0: <laughs> but that's what your guys are known for
2: uh yeah blood sausage
1: haggis. too right blood sausage do you guys eat
2: Square sausage. Um, I think you you were you said when you were on the panel at the mm-hmm. comic con you were served a potato scone, and you're you're just so confused because you're like this isn't a scone.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what they handed me, but I'm like this isn't what I get at Starbucks. This is something different.
2: <laughs> yeah, Edinburgh. Edinburgh is different. Edinburgh is like a different breed.
1: Yeah, it's different than other cities in the. Yeah. Hmm sounds wonderful it actually was like it was really cool like we like ming and i went to, i spent a lot of time with ming looking at castles and old old type stuff uh, i went to um a museum of uh like medical like a medical torture museum and shit it was uh it's a it's a very cool place i mean i'm sure you don't think so because you've lived there your whole life but like visiting there i thought was uh was interesting
2: people from glasgow tend to have something against people from Edinburgh for some reason. I can't explain it, but I get it. Like,
1: you have something <laughs> so against them, you just don't know why?
2: The next time that you come here, come to Glasgow. All right. It's much different.
1: That's where all the cool people are?
2: Yeah. All right. The best people.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so this movie, Black Christmas, uh, basically it's it opens on um, a sorority house And there's a bunch of girls living there, and it's uh, they're about to leave for Christmas break, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, one thing we got one thing we've taken uh, some hits on, Frank, is people some people don't like that we recap the entire movie, okay? So,
0: so we'll just we'll we'll skip around, we'll 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 recap
1: some of the movie, yeah,
0: just some of it,
1: yeah.
2: Um, how do you guys like pick which parts you're gonna they're gonna talk about?
1: I don't know, that's why you're here.
0: Yeah, you pick all the interesting no stuff. No pressure. <laughs> <off> of. <laughs> so um, normally, like, uh, we talk a little bit about, like, the background of the movie, like, you know, how much it cost to make and when it was released and, you know, any little interesting facts and stuff. And then, you know, basic plot. And then I kind of just what I have is just what happened throughout the movie, just some talking points. So we, right. we will we'll just I, I did a lot less than we normally would. I only have like four pages this time, so it shouldn't be as bad. (laughs) Yeah. So basically these, uh,
1: these girls are about to, um, they're about to go home. Most of them, they're getting crank calls. You know, this is one of those uh, people are calling saying, really? I mean, it's said in a a note that I read that the girls are reacting to stuff. That's very tame. Like when it was read on set, this, what they were saying was very tame. And he went, Bob Clark went back in later on and added all that really weird shit. See, and that shows that he's not all there in the head, right? (laughs) He's he's also thinking, man, he's thinking, he's He's like, if if I say to these women right now, what I really want to put in the movie, they're going to freak out and be upset because this was, you know, 1974. There's a scene where, uh, Barb, who's played by Margot Kidder and she was, uh, Lois Lane, of course, and Superman. Uh, says something like, uh, hey, this is a sorority, not a convent. And like humor like that, I guess, was sort of ribald
0: in the sense, really. You know?
2: But, you know,
0: like, you know. one thing I wanted to ask was, Chelsea, how old are you?
2: I'm 21. You're I mean, tw- I'm 22 what? next month, if that makes any difference.
0: <laughs> okay. So you're going to be 21 next month.
2: I'll be 22 next month.
0: 22 next month. So, Bri, you and I will remember what it was like to actually have a landline on a house phone. Oh, I remember a rotary phone. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the phone ringing or getting a crank call—I mean, that's not something that even happens nowadays because of everybody with their cell phones. I remember, you know, our phones ringing late at night, and how you did get that feeling of nervousness because it was—you're like, this is bad news. You
1: always, nobody calls this late unless it's bad news. Yeah. And, and Have you I, ever had a landline? Me. No, I know you have. Yeah, eh we'll
2: uh, I, I mean, I still do. I've still got one.
0: You have one? Really? Yeah. Let's see. It. It's it's probably rotary. Do you have a rotary phone?
2: No, it's like it's just like a, a normal landline.
1: And why do you have that? Like, so few, I don't, even I don't have a landline. I'm an old man.
2: Everybody like gets one. If you like see what internet package you get or whatever, like everybody has a landline that comes with that. So nobody uses it, but they've got it.
1: I was going to say like people, even, even myself, it's like, I would much prefer to text than like get Mm -hmm. on a phone and talk to someone, you know, especially if it's not about something important. So, yeah, I can't imagine a line. Like, it's just not like it was back in the day. Like, you remember in the 70s and 80s, like, the the trope was, like, girls constantly on the phone talking to each other, having, you know, like, mean girls having, like, four-way conversations Mm -hmm. as uh, technology advanced. But as far as, like, this movie goes, it's like there was a line, and that line would never stop ringing until it was picked up or the person on the other end
0: gave up. Yeah.
1: Like, no. I mean, I don't even know if there were rudimentary answering machines.
0: I was just going to say, know? no answering machines. And I mean, look at when they went and traced the call. I mean, uh, it was all mechanical and, you know, with gears and stuff. I mean, wasn't was that cool? It was really cool. It, it makes you wonder, like, how did they actually trace it? I mean, did this guy have to see what spool or whatever was moving and then run to it and then try and figure it out that way? It was incredible.
1: That guy, that lineman. Mm-hmm. he's the same guy who played the Christmas tree salesman in a Christmas story.
0: Get out. Really?
1: Yeah. The guy he was negotiating with.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't pick that up. I didn't pick yeah, up on that's that. That's the same dude. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Have you ever been crank called Chelsea? Like have you ever received threatening phone calls? Or at I least never, weird ones.
2: I, I never answer my phone in general. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just something I'm like, mm, if you can text me, then don't call me please
1: that would be the biggest plot hole these days like somebody if especially if you don't recognize a number you're like i'm not picking that fucking phone up right like why would i
0: it's almost like it's
2: like a private number as well
0: so yeah Mm. it's almost like this movie couldn't happen nowadays not because it's not a good movie it's just the the technology oh yeah (laughs) you you just couldn't do it i mean i don't know I, i i remember when i mean i don't know about you i mean did you ever prank anybody on the phone when you were younger you're talking yeah. to me or chelsea either one of you but but you Brian. Yeah. Oh. you chelsea you have
2: oh i used to do it all the time like for whatever reason when i was like six or seven i would call 911 just to see who would pick up <laughs> even though that's not like our number we're 999
0: <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. so you were dying on an emergency line
2: yeah, like over where you guys are, so I was like, I'm I'm fine. They're not gonna catch me.
0: Oh yeah, that's horrible. <laughs>
2: I had <like> phone <laughs> outside, outside my house, so I would just go there. Like i would go to a public phone. I would I wouldn't do it from like my own phone. <laughs> so, I would do it all the time. I like to like, yeah. do, like, do, like the, the reverse phone calls, like there's this thing, I can't remember what it's called, but if you dial a certain number, it charges the other person that picks up. Uh-huh. And I would just call all these random people. all
0: right you were committed
1: (laughs) yeah my friend and i would randomly call people and pretend we were from a radio station that they had won a big prize like we give them a very easy question they would answer and then we would be like oh you know you didn't win (laughs) like some stupid bullshit
0: i know but that stuff was like so much fun i um we used to do a couple of different things one of the things i i used to do is back in the day um cordless phones you could pick them up on police scanners. You would program mm-hmm. in the, so I would listen to the different neighbors, phone conversations. And then like, if somebody made like dinner reservations or something, I would then call the restaurant back after and cancel. Them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's horrible. I know. That's like neck and neck with the nine one one shit you know? nice. <laughs>
2: committed
1: yeah, committed it. funniest thing about uh when some, you make a crank call to somebody and they're like, "Who is this? like I'm not gonna tell you like that's that's the one question I'm not likely to answer
0: it is the more upset they get, the better it is <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, what I liked in the beginning of the movie, I don't know if you noticed, but like right after there's the i mean right before the crank call, the guy sort of walks into his own POV and he climbs up that trellis. Like, have you ever climbed a trellis to get to a girl or snuck in a window?
0: You want to know something? I have. I haven't climbed a trellis, but I have snuck into a house before to see a girl. Now, um, is she aware of you before this? Or? <laughs> well, that's a totally different question. You didn't ask me that. Um, one of them was. <laughs> uh, no, the one girl, yeah, she was aware that I was coming over and and visiting. Yeah. Visiting. You ever sneak in?
1: I never had an opportunity to sneak into anyone's house. No. No, I've snuck out of the house many times just to go do <laughs> things, but sneaking in, uh, never had that. Chelsea, Chelsea any sneaking?
2: I've never snuck into anybody's house. And nobody snuck into my house because, I mean... Nobody had a reason to sneak into my house. Because my mom would just knock here.
1: So. <laughs> they could just knock on the door.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, all right. Uh, another question I had. Well, wait. So this girl, uh, Claire, she uh, she walks upstairs, and she's getting ready for uh, you know to leave, like everyone else. She goes into her walk-in closet. And this is where we eventually find out this guy's name is Billy. Uh, throws a plastic bag over her head, suffocates her, and then for whatever reason puts her what I didn't think was the attic but the top floor, right? Because there's a top floor and then there's the attic. I had a hard time getting the layout of this house.
0: I I, I think that it was the attic that he brought her in. In the rocking chair, right, where it's looking out of the window, right? right? That, I believe, is the attic. And the only reason is because at the end, when they killed Mrs. Mack, they were in the same spot. Were they? Because she looked like she got hauled up, didn't she? Mrs. Mack got hauled up. But I don't know about Claire. Claire, it just, she was killed. And then the next thing you knew, she was in that rocking chair. So I kind of just assumed that he brought her up in the attic off camera.
1: Right. Mrs. Mack is the house mother, by the way. Yeah. how did
2: nobody hear what's that I mean, how did nobody hear like you know how the really awkward stare to get up to the attic mm-hmm. yeah like how the fuck did nobody hear that
1: or, or hear her screaming as like you have to assume that like because what they do is they swing this the billy swings a winch hook at her and i guess you're supposed to assume that it like hooked her like in the under the jaw or somehow it hooked her and then he like winched her up into the attic I feel like there'd be a lot of screaming going on. and yeah. People would hear that.
0: yeah. Or just hauling her. I mean, groaning from him, hauling her big ass up there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. dead weight now. And it was a lot of dead weight.
1: Miss Mac has a drinking problem, as you'll learn throughout the. The uh, <laughs> yeah. one thing that I was like, look, I know. Well, the Scottish people, you love drinking, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Like, Our tolerance you, is just through the roof.
1: off the charts. Now, Do you love drinking so much that you would hide it in a toilet tank? That seems extreme to me.
2: <laughs> we just do it out in the street. Like, we don't get a fog.
1: <laughs> there's, there's something about like. Um,
2: Eating it in books and everything. That's just like extreme.
1: Like, you remember, like, uh, I think it's Vermont's uh, license plate, like, their state slogan is like, live free or die. I, is I think it's Vermont. Vermont or New Hampshire, one of the two.
0: Yeah, I think it's New Hampshire where Vito went for the Sopranos. Right, yeah. Because it was I, live uh, free or die. That sounds like that's
1: how Scottish people live all the time, huh? Like the entire place is just like fuck it.
0: It's fuck it. It's chaos, chaos, and mm-hmm. shitty food.
2: See, I feel like twenty-one-year-olds here are so different from the twenty-one-year-olds in America because, like, How's we've it? already done the the drinking and stuff since we were like thirteen. So,
0: <laughs> is there a drinking age there or no?
2: Eighteen to 18. buy it.
1: Okay. Right. So if you're 21 here and you're sneaking drinks at 18, it makes sense that, yeah, you would start at like 14, 15, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. 13 seems young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, after she got done pranking the police department, she decided to go back and have a couple.
2: The guilt was too much for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is something I don't see a lot either in in real life. Uh, I don't know if you guys have experience with carolers, people who sing Christmas carols coming to your house. No. I
2: thought it was an American thing.
1: Oh, maybe. I mean, I remember people from the church when I was young uh, coming and singing, but I I couldn't remember if, like, you give them a tip or not. Like, wouldn't it be awkward for you to answer the door and a bunch of people are just singing an entire song to you? I
0: I don't, you know what? I I think when somebody sings to you anyway, it's like you're being molested. There's like, Mm -hmm. nothing. you know, you're so uncomfortable. I hate it when anybody sings.
2: When somebody sings happy birthday.
0: I don't like any of it. Like I have a buddy of mine who loves to sing. And whenever we're in the car and a song comes on, he'll just start singing. And, you know, it gets to a certain point and he'll like turn to me to say the, the phrase, the, the refrain or whatever. So like I'll keep talk radio on just so I know I'm not going to have to hear him sing. So I, I don't like any of that at all. Or happy birthday or any of
1: that. No, not even happy birthday. Well, wow. no,
0: nah, nah, is it not that either.
1: you don't like, like, what is it you don't like about happy birthday? You're just being the center of attention or do you not like singing it to other people too?
0: I never, you know what? I, I don't sing it. I fake it. I don't sing it to really? anybody. Yeah, yeah. I usually, <laughs>
2: that, That's so mean.
0: <laughs> I, it's you're calling me mean? No. It seems uh,
2: like bad luck or something.
0: <laughs> well, no, no. I, I guess the center of attention. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't. Once again, I just don't like people looking at me and singing to me. It's just kind of weird. Mm. I mean, I really feel for those poor waiters and waitresses. They have to do it in the restaurants.
1: That is. That is awful because you can see that their heart is not even close to being in it, and they're like, "This is something that like I wasn't aware I had
0: to do when I got the job, but
1: here we are."
0: I think I saw the most uncomfortable thing two weeks ago. I was actually going to text you. Um, there was a kid celebrating his like eleventh birthday at Hooters, and Hooters. all the. <laughs> all the waitresses came around and they were singing happy birthday to this 11 year old it was so uncomfortable
1: what now would you take happy birthday from a bunch of hooters waitresses yeah i'd be would you suffer
0: through it i'd suffer (laughs) through it i'd I'd push through
1: yeah i thought so (laughs) so jess goes to the conservatory tells peter she's pregnant and she doesn't want to have it now this is a big moment because i didn't particularly care for jess's character me neither up to that point now <clears throat> what she does is she goes to this uh, her boyfriend Peter works at a conserv or uh, is a student at a conservatory he's a piano player he's practicing for his recital coming up which I'm not, like I'm not exactly sure what this was if these people were judging him for something like a grade or whatever but he's playing in front of these these next he'll be playing in front of these three people but before that Jess shows up and this is really kind of shitty timing on her part cuz she has to know that he's about to play, and you know he's under a sort of a stressful situation, and says like, "Yo, uh, I'm pregnant. I'm going to get an abortion," and he's blown away by that. Now, what's important to remember is like this is 1974. Only 1973, a year before, was Roe versus Wade, and abortion became legal. So she's exercising her rights, toot sweet, man. <laughs> she's right on yeah. there with it, you know. <laughs> uh, But I liked. Later on, she also is like, um, you know, he comes to her because he's not giving up. He doesn't want the baby killed. He doesn't want the abortion. And he then says like, hey, I want to marry you. Like, let's get married. Like, that's the solution. Let's get married. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no. She's like, remember all the shit I said I wanted to do when we first got together? I still want to do that shit. You know, and he had uh, dropped out. He said he's going to drop out of the conservatory. And that's why they'd get married. And she's like, just because you change your mind doesn't mean I, I'm going to change mine. And that that moment, that's when I liked her. I was like, that's yeah. a
0: fuck. That's that's girl power. If, if To me, it felt really, and I hope this doesn't call, sound sexist, but it really felt like role reversal. Because it seems like usually when that happens, it's the guy who wants to get rid of the baby and the girl wants to keep it. Usually. Not all the time. Dude, I was
1: yelling at my TV like, Are you fucking crazy?
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> so get getting out, off jail, free!
1: Get out of jail free. Get out of jail free card, man. Like, what are you talking about? Go play the fucking piano and <laughs> shut up.
0: <laughs> an idiot. And I, and I felt for him because I had a girlfriend. I used to have a girlfriend, uh, you know, obviously, a long time ago, who used to pull shit like, not the pregnant shit, but used to pull that kind of shit where we got to talk. <laughs> All right, what do we got to talk about? We got to do it tomorrow you know, or we'll talk about this later or whatever. And I fucking hated that.
1: Always left you hanging.
0: Always left me hanging. You know, you know, and then you're just nervous the entire night, you know, what is it going to be? Is this going to be it or or whatever? So I kind of felt for P even though I didn't like Peter, I felt for him in those few moments.
1: Yeah. He was kind of douchey. Yeah. As, were, as were all the guys like all the, right. Yeah. Chelsea are where, like, did all the guys come off as kind of douchey?
2: Um, Yeah. I do not know if it was just the haircuts, so, but I, I just, I had something that I was like, I just really want to hit you so bad. <laughs>
1: you, the only one that, the only guy I was like, all right, he's pretty cool was uh, Lieutenant, uh, I think, Fuller.
0: Fuller. The cop, John yeah.
1: Saxon, right? Yep. Who is the dad, uh, was uh, Heather Langenkamp's dad uh, in Nightmare on Elm Street. He looks the, the
2: fr- same in that movie.
1: He looks exactly the same. He has that, he he's always looks real tan too, right?
2: hmm Yeah.
1: There were some things that, like, again, like the uh, a joke of the times when Mar- Margot Kidder, Barb, is at the police station and the I guess, what was his name? Nash: Nash asks for the phone number, and at that time now, even I don't remember this, where there was an exchange <laughs> you <know? laughs> like like it's the honeymooners or something yeah. <laughs> And she says, you know, it's F da 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 or fallatio." And then I guess Nash doesn't know what that means which I found hard to believe.
0: Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's obviously an older gentleman. He's a sergeant, so there had to be some type of promotion that took place, and he doesn't know what fellatio is. And then when they call him out on it, it was almost kind of like, almost like he was Opie, you know, from mm-hmm. the, oh, is it something dirty? You know, is it something sexual? And it's like, well, yeah, you know, you can figure that out.
1: Yeah. That, that seems, from what I hear from Troy, that's very typical like ball breaking dark humor type shit with cops. Cause I guess you have to be that way. Yeah. You know, otherwise you go nuts. Let's see. We go back to the police station and this is kind of like, I guess this was just a setup for something that happens later on. But a mother reports that her high school aged uh, daughter is missing. Yeah. I'll run through a couple of these things. Barb gets drunk and abusive, horrifying Mr. Harrison. Um. Mrs. Mack gets killed. Billy flips out, tears apart the attic. And then this is the setup. They, they lead you to believe that the, uh, that the high school girl is, is Claire or somebody else. And, you know, where they find a girl dead in the park. Yeah. And they kind of lead you to believe that maybe it's Claire or maybe it's one of the other girls. Uh, but it's just this high school chick. And then never mentioned again.
0: Right. This movie mm-hmm. was filled with red herrings. Mm -hmm. you know i mean you really i mean bob clark was throwing you all over the place you there was that there was the fact that he was framing everything to make it look like peter was the murderer that peter was actually billy i mean there was there was stuff all over the place this was a really like slow burn type of movie and a um and definitely filled with red herrings that, that just really got to me
1: chelsea do you have the uh because, like, your generation is raised on a way different type of horror movie. Like, different editing, different writing, different... Like, everything is kind of different about it than the 70s. Especially the plotting plot lines. People do not accept that. Like, if you're not, like, off to the races within the first 10 minutes, you're going to lose everyone. So, like, is this is this kind of movie more difficult for you to watch? Because you're like, would something fucking happen already? <laughs>
2: um. Well, see, the first time I saw it, that was kind of my my thing I was like this is a really slow burner movie and I was like okay right get to the point but then I think see how because the voice in it I'd like they don't really do like see how the voices that uses on the phone and stuff like that it's never that kind of suspenseful in the movies that I grew up with it's always like the jump scares the ghosts the like the home cameras like everything it's but it's way better back then I think
1: yeah, you're right. This this style, like once Blair Witch took off, everyone was like, holy shit, let's do a found footage movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, or found footage plus, you know, like recorded shit like a uh, paranormal activity or something like that. And it obviously fucking works because a movie doesn't make a ton of money. Uh, but yeah, I would think it's more of like an MTV style cutting, like as they say, like things are very quick. And yeah, the jump scares. Uh, Sage watches those uh, Annabelle movies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: and that is just jump scare after jump scare. There's no real like. There's mood. There's a little bit of mood, like the one. Have you seen them? Any of those Annabelle movies? The one, the the one where he makes the dolls. Like the like the, all the orphan girls come to the house and they're living there with this fucking really weird guy and his wife. And then the wife dies. <laughs> and actually, they watch they watch their own daughter get hit by a car. That's why he makes Annabelle in the first place.
2: That's and like where- the the one where. Annabelle was created, I think,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, creation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. But yeah, I mean, that's that was pretty fucking horrifying. Like that girl stepping out in front of that fucking racing car and just getting mowed down right in front of her parents. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Now that's an opening to a movie.
0: <laughs> you know? This was more along the lines of, I felt like a Hitchcock almost, in the sense that Hitchcock always said, it's not what you see, it's what you don't see that makes it scarier like if you think back to the movie psycho not once do you ever see the knife going into um the janet lee character because it was left to your imagination and it was the same thing kind of like with this movie you know it's what you didn't see that really made you nervous those that that phone call not knowing who billy was not seeing who billy was it made it more scary i thought
1: yeah not and i mean certainly like you just being like oh my god he's in the fucking house and these people don't know it like that's like i watch a lot of that id channel shit you know Mm -hmm. fucking murder porn stuff and that's those are the scariest ones i think where somebody's in your house and you're sleeping never you couldn't be more defenseless (laughs) than when you're fucking sleeping and somebody's looming over you deciding your fate basically yeah you know That's a shitty position to be in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's not really much like storylines to movies coming out today. Like I think the Conjuring movies, they're a bit kind of recycled, Like each one is the same kind of, like you just, you go into the cinema and you watch it. And every time you're like, I've just watched the same movie.
1: You know what I find difficult with movies today too, is like, you're not, you're not given enough time to like the people. You know, it's like if, like a, a modern-day horror movie. If somebody's getting killed, you're like, I don't care because I've only known them for five minutes. Whereas, like, you take something like The Haunting of Hill House and it's, like, spread out over, you know, 10 hours where you get to know these characters, then you can invest something. But in a movie that you know is going to end in 90 minutes, and like you say, is very formulaic, so you're like, well, I know what's going to happen, basically. You know, a bunch of people are going to get killed, and then there's going to be some kind of twist ending that is, like, you're, you know, you're left unsatisfied.
0: Right. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, even with this movie right here, I mean, I know you said, I forgot who said he didn't like Jess. I think it was Brian, Um, but I, I kind of liked her. So by the end of the movie, you know, I, I really was kind of feeling for, her. I was like, when Nash called her up, I mean, he fucked it all up. They're like, don't tell her that there's anybody in the house. Just tell her to go outside. And he calls her up and he's like, all right, we need you to go outside. He's like, she's like, well, I got to look for my friends. And he's she's like, and then Nash is like, no, there's, he's in the house. You got to get out of there. <laughs> I was feeling for it. I was like, just get out of the house. Don't go and look for your other two friends. I don't want anything to happen to you.
2: Did you not find that the most annoying part of the movie is when she went up the stairs? You think so? oh my god Were you not just like screaming at the tv like just fucking leave the house
0: (laughs) if your
1: friends were upstairs you'd be like welcome i'd be like bye (laughs) and that's Scotland for you right there yeah Yeah, they're hardcore man
0: yeah gonna go and have haggis down the street yeah
1: (laughs) that would be a rough one like two of like two very good friends are upstairs and they're like get out but like your only weapon is a fire poker
2: like if they and you know there. that the killer's in the house and mm-hmm. that there's probably, like, the killer's upstairs and your friend's upstairs. Like, you just assume, okay, they're going right. Yeah,
1: there, There's going to be an ID channel show about them pretty
2: soon.
0: You're right. No, I was going to say, we didn't mention, I mean, the stuff that this guy was saying to when he was calling were probably the most vile and disgusting things that I think you could... Here in 2020, mm-hmm. let alone 1974. I mean, I the the first call, he just said a certain word. Chelsea, do you remember what he said? <laughs> oh, she has no problem saying it. She's from Scotland. <laughs> you kidding me? is it
1: in their national anthem? Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, they call each other that all the time. It's <laughs> like I mean,
2: it, a term of endearment. Yeah,
0: but it was like I mean I had never heard it that many times in a movie before and Yeah, it was I like mean,
2: multiple megs from science of the
0: Lam- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so i mean it was just it was just very very just very very disturbing
1: yeah that's how i knew like nikki bronco was like hey you're a good cunt and i was like thanks man <laughs> <that> is, uh... <laughs> nash says hey get out of the house she doesn't listen goes uh goes up to try to help her friends and wasn't it a weird eye that was looking, looking at her? Through like yeah. I couldn't tell what color it was. It looked like it was brown, but it sort of had like, a, like almost a cataract around
0: it. Yeah, it was almost like a halo effect, like that was the light shining into his eye. And I wonder if they were even doing that so that you couldn't figure out what color his eye was. Because before I watched it, because I watched this twice, um, I was looking at Peter's eyes to see if they were the same color. Mm-hmm. And you know you, you 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 never found out what color bill you couldn't tell what color Billy's eyes were. That
2: yeah. was really scary that part.
1: I was just wondering like I don't I don't know if you live alone don't even say it but if you were home alone and that's what you see like you see a door cracked open and you just see that eyeball staring at you. I guess it would depend on where in the house you are as to what your move is.
2: <laughs> but, I, if I'm in like, the back shit. of the house, I'm like, I just, some people need to just accept their, their doom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, just really?
2: They sit there on the couch and you're like, okay.
0: Oh my God, she is way tougher than I'll ever be.
1: <laughs> yeah, That reminds me of like when I was in third grade or like second grade. And I think I told this on the show one time that I thought in horror movies, people really died. Like, I think
2: I remember I you saying that.
1: Yeah, and that's how. Like, I remember thinking, like, that's how I want to go when I die. I will just want to, like, I just want to be in a horror movie and get killed. That's how stupid I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I was accepting my fate, much like a Scottish person would, where it's just like, oh
2: fuck. You don't even want to die like peacefully in your sleep. You're just like, I want to die yeah, in a horror die, movie.
0: Die screaming, yeah. <laughs> God, and I would be screaming and running out of the house, screaming like a little girl. Help! 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 You know, I want to still live. You'd leave your friends behind. It depends who the friends were. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> that
1: friend. friend. It's that friend that always sings to you. Oh, he's
0: gone. He's a goner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Billy's chasing uh, Jess around, and I like that that snatch of the hair. That looked very real when he like reached over the banister and just fucking grabs her hair and her fucking head jerks back like that. I thought that was well done. And he also uses like this technique where it's like, he's constantly like going like this. So you can sort of see things at the top of the frame. You're like, Oh man, I can see somebody's like legs. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Are we going to see them? Like he built a lot of suspense that way. Uh, I thought that was well done. The, the Definitely the, um, like you could have cut out the the high school girl shit, certain things you could have cut out, maybe brought it down by five, six minutes. Yeah. But,
2: I think that the high school girl, I think that that was maybe like, because every time he makes a phone call, it's after he kills somebody. So I think that's like when the first phone call came that night. So that was like after he killed her.
1: Oh, so you th- you know what? I didn't even pick up on that. And did, it, did he, did the phone, and the phone did ring after uh, the cop's the, throat was slashed too.
2: I think the first phone call was, was it Barb's mom or something? And then the second one was the guy, but that was, After he killed that high school girl, Mm -hmm. and then if you notice through the movie, every time there's a call, it's after he's killed somebody.
1: I didn't notice that. See, I didn't know that either. I didn't even doing the fucking heavy lifting here. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I didn't even pick up on that. He probably this is how deranged I am. I didn't pick up that he was probably the one to kill the high school girl. I just figured they had two killers running around uh, the area.
1: Oh, you didn't? You thought that was coincidental? Yeah. Oh yeah, I I didn't think that.
2: That's a really bad look. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, this is credited as being like one of the first slasher movies, like this, along with uh, Texas Chainsaw. But is it a slasher movie? Because you never really see anybody slashed. You you don't even even when he's uh, stabbing Barb with the with the unicorn, you don't see anything. Like you don't see any penetration of the uh, what's it? Even like the
2: when you see the killer like stab and barb it doesn't really look like peter i don't think no if you pause it and you look at it, you're like that's like a completely different person
0: (laughs) i found this to be more of like a psychological type thriller than it to be a slasher or like Like
1: silence of the lambs
0: is a psychological thriller yeah like a violent psychological thriller Mm
1: -hmm. just sees a silhouette in the window it's peter and i guess she thinks like fuck man this guy's gonna kill me but uh as he approaches her we hear a scream from inside the house and then uh peter is dead Jess comes to and then they speculate that jess is the killer possibly (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that seemed not that seemed like poor police work
0: we you know one thing that did get me and i didn't catch this until the second time through was um a red another red herring that was thrown in uh when Jess went to Peter about wanting the abortion. He made the comment of, oh, what do you think? Killing a kid is just like having a wart removed.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
0: later on in the phone call, it was Billy saying the same, pretty much the same thing, like having a wart removed. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm like Inspector Clouseau. It's, it's, obviously, <laughs> it's obviously Peter. I don't even have to finish watching the rest of it. And then when at the end you find out that it wasn't Peter, I was like, how the fuck did he know that? But then, in the second time through, it was like, "Well, he's been in the the house the entire time, right? He would he would hear this." I can't figure this out.
2: Locking Claire up in the attic, just yes. at the
1: <laughs> I, uh, another uh, thing that I thought was interesting and made it more girl power, more girl powery for me was at one point. Uh, fuller tells phyllis like hey i'm gonna have my man out here so you'll be all right and she's like yeah okay like she does make kind of a snide remark but it's the truth because if you look throughout the movie there are no men protecting the women it's the women i mean a lot of them die but it's the women looking out for each other the men really are sort of peripheral you know they they don't they don't lend a hand even peter gets himself killed
2: I mean, Peter just showed up and got killed. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. he really didn't know anything that was going
1: on. <laughs> yeah, like he thought his worst problem was uh, his girlfriend got an abortion, <laughs> <laughs> and then his plant piano recital. <laughs> now, no, like, did not
2: it-
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That was weird too. I thought that the cop was like, Lieutenant Fuller was like, "Hey, what did that mean?" And she's like, "You know, nothing." And he's like, "I have to know." And she's like, yeah. "Well, I was going to get an abortion, right?" "It's fine." <laughs> like I thought it was weird that he forced that out of her. Yeah. You know, it was just a random thing that was said. I, I mean, well,
0: and I think it was funny too that they were listening in on all the phone calls. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: like everything.
0: <laughs> everything that they're they're listening to. You know, you would think that, "All right, this isn't one we're going to trace." But I think he kind of suspected Peter from the very beginning because he Peter got upset with Jess and was running out of the house when the detective and the phone repair man were coming in. And I remember the detective turned and was like, who's that? And she said something like, Oh, it's just my boyfriend or whatever. So maybe that's why he was like, yeah, you know, trace this one too, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. You know, they didn't hit it off right away and, and he was suspecting him already.
1: Can you imagine it took like that level of effort to trace a phone call back then
0: 10 minutes? Yeah,
1: like, keep him on the line. She's like, it's fucking upsetting. <laughs>
0: he keeps, <laughs> keeps saying the word cunt. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. What am I, from Scotland? <laughs> I mean, an obscene phone call with God knows what the guy is doing on the other line, and you have to hope that he's lasting more than 10 minutes. Because mm-hmm. you know? yeah, right? probably, he'd probably just be done what and else? hanging up. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> there,
1: there was a mention. In fact, Bob Clark said it himself, like that he was friends with John Carpenter and John Carpenter asked like, Hey, if you were ever going to do another black Christmas, like, would you do a second black Christmas? He, Bob Clark says, no. And he's like, well, what would you do? And he's like, you know, I would do Halloween. And then basically describes the pop plot for Halloween. And then years later, you know, John Carpenter makes it, but Bob Clark was so gracious about it when he was saying it, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, you probably didn't but it's like dude if that's what you said he definitely stole it from you
0: yeah yeah i think
2: i saw somewhere as well they said that halloween was the first movie where we saw the like the killer's point of view and then like i saw black christmas i was like that's a lie
1: yeah it's it's definitely not i think uh peeping tom also was another one from the 60s that i think first use that this is one of those movies though that also uses uh, maybe some of one of the first ones along with uh, texas Chainsaw, that uses like that final girl trope where it's like everybody gets killed but there's a girl left usually it's a girl of good values and shit you know so you would think it would have been claire but you know it's like all the naughty girls they get killed and then the one virtuous one gets to hang around
2: you're like in Friday the Thirteenth. Anybody that has sex is just gone.
0: You're done. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. You're done. For All, it's almost like the killer is playing God and deciding mm. who's virtuous enough to continue living and who isn't. God, that sounds appealing. <laughs> 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 um,
1: the uh, and I think the, the that final person thing originated with uh, that Agatha Christie book, uh, and then there were none. It's uh, it was like written in 1939. First it started, it was based on a poem, uh, 10 little and think of the most offensive word you can think of for a black person. And that's what it was. And then, and it was written in uh, the UK. And I think America was like, no, 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 no. That's (laughs) that's not going to wash.
0: Yeah. We got enough issues here right now.
1: So they, so they renamed it 10 little Indians. And I think even that in time was like, look, then it became 10 little soldiers.
0: (laughs) It's got to be something else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then they were like, fine. And then there were none. And it's about these people on an island getting picked off one by one. And I think that was like maybe the first example of that, like that style of uh, story, story writing.
0: Uh, Out Out of all the characters that were in this movie, I mean, who do you feel like would represent you the best, Ivy mean, Chelsea? Which one would you say you were you shared the most personality with?
2: It, it's really weird. The first thing that came please to say my Barb, head
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> the first thing that came to my head was the cat, like Claude. <laughs> Claude just disappears, he's out there,
1: <laughs> minds his own business, doesn't get involved.
2: <laughs> and we never find out what happens to Claude, and that was like the, the only thing that I was left with. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> claude, appeared,
1: claude appeared to get a lot shaggier halfway through the movie i don't know if it was a different cat or it was just they were shooting him differently but it looked like like he had like much fluffier hair like as the movie went on so you identify with the cat the most that's that's a oh, fucking yeah. good answer yeah what yeah. about you Always i
2: identify with the cat yeah Can't go wrong.
1: i feel like billy would be like nah i'm not gonna bother with a cat he's about killing women yeah those are cool voices too. Like they said, it was like four or five voices all mixed in.
0: Yeah, and and what's awesome is if you listen to the um um to the voices and you listen to the phone calls, you can start to and I, I read about this somewhere. It wasn't like I came up with this, but you can almost start to piece together Billy's backstory. Um, you know, he he at the very very first phone call, it's you know he's talking about. Agatha, right? Or Agnes, or something like that. So you could assume that that was a sister. So Billy and Agnes, so he had a a sister. And then later on, there's a phone call. I think it was the last one where he starts saying, Why did you leave him alone with Agatha or Agnes or whatever? And you could almost assume that now it's the father speaking, yelling at maybe the mother asking, Why would you leave? agnes alone with billy so you can kind of start to piece together that you know there's probably four people in this family something traumatic happened where billy possibly killed his sister um you know and and you can kind of figure stuff stuff out that way i I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not i did not
2: i picked up on see when the the eye was in the camera like in the door frame i think when he was talking he was saying something like um don't tell it anything about what we done, Agnes or something. So it was like he and his sister done something.
1: Okay, so oh. so, so but- Agnes is still alive. Maybe like people love incest porn these days. That's like the number one category. I wonder if it was like an incestual
0: because that would fuck somebody up. Yeah, like so you think him and Agnes were doing something? Billy and the brother and his sister were doing something. Look,
2: like they did something bad. So I don't know if they. Maybe there was like a baby because he said he was talking about a baby as well. And I was like, maybe they had another sibling. Maybe they killed the baby.
0: See, and I was assuming Agnes might have been the baby. So it's really wild. I mean, it's really, we'd have to like go back and listen to each, just each of the phone calls. Agnes could also be the aggressor, you know?
2: I mean, it does really sound like different voices Mm -hmm. on the phone. I wonder if like the same person did actually voice it all.
0: I think so. I think I read that. uh, Oh, where where is it? Bob Clark played Billy's shadow and the phone voice. There was another guy
1: I saw an interview with him where he played. um, He played the main Billy voice, and he said that sometimes he would like stand on his head and do it, so his voice was like so it's compressed. Like I guess his diaphragm was compressed, and he would like do it like that.
0: Uh, they, I, I just, I can't imagine getting a phone call like that. I mean, like I said, I remember when we had, <laughs> when we had those landlines and stuff, I mean, I remember getting, you know, before star 69 and you could get the call back and caller ID and all that, you know, I remember getting, you know, we would get prank phone calls or whatever, nothing as obscene as this. And just like I said, after it happened, if the phone rang again, right afterwards, you just had that pit in your stomach. Like, what do we do? I I think (laughs) it it plays into the movie itself too. Just it's the unknown that is scary. So when somebody was calling on the phone, it is unknown. So it makes it a little bit more scary than if you were being confronted with somebody face to face. I think, Yeah, they know something you don't. In fact, they know everything that you don't. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like how they call it obscene phone calls as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, they we'd, were we'd just like we'd
0: pick up and we'd be like fuck off <laughs> scotland's definitely very different
1: <laughs> uh what else do i got here um they changed the name or they, they were kind of trying to change the name first it was silent night evil night because american distributor feared that the title black christmas might cause the film to be mistaken for a exploitation movie However, the film didn't do well under the new title. It's changed back to the original Black Christmas because that's when a lot of black exploitation movies, I guess, were coming out. Like it had Shaft and Superfly and Black Caesar and all that stuff. Blackula and all, that all of that. Yeah. So it, it would stand to reason. And I guess they thought like black exploitation movie is not going to play, you know, in the sticks.
0: It's <laughs> going gonna, gonna to play where, you know, exploitation movies played. And, and Bob Clark definitely has something going on with like the college life you know so, so sororities fraternities things like that because the last what else did he do that we did porkies porkies yeah porkies was one um was there another thing
2: that we did with him or
1: just we did a christmas story with him christmas story Porky's. yeah those Porky's. were the okay. other two
2: i've never seen a christmas story
0: no you haven't
2: i know uh, it's like one of the main christmas movies but you should check
0: it out yeah you guys have christmas there right
2: <laughs> <laughs> no we just kind of like we chop cheese down for no reason <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what else do we have to say about black christmas so that's all i have i think
0: yeah i i mean like we, we talked about the remakes uh it was made on a budget of six hundred and twenty thousand dollars 1974 uh grossed four million dollars um you know it, it, it but was this this wasn't the first movie Margot Kidder was in, was was it?
1: No, I think she was in other stuff, but this other is what stuff. like kickstarted her
0: uh, kickstart here. How much did it cost, you say? Uh $620,000, 1974 money.
1: Yeah, let me check that. I love yeah. doing these conversions.
0: She and I thought she was fantastic. And I mean, this is how in the dark I was. I knew she had died. I knew Margot Kidder had passed away, but I didn't know how. And when mm-hmm. I was doing the research and I looked to see how it was, it was, it was very sad uh, you know, that they ruled it a suicide.
1: Yeah. They, they had found her in some bushes or something prior to
0: that. She was like going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alcohol. Was it alcohol and <laughs> drugs? Uh, overdose. Overdose mm-hmm. by suicide, suicide by overdose. So she was Barb. She was Barb. You know, what was year it? did nope.
2: she die? It was pretty
0: recently. Right. Within the past few years. Yeah. I think like, was it, not 2016 does that sound right? That's sticking in my head for some reason. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, I remember seeing her in in Superman. She was, you know, and she, and she was fantastic in this. I thought everybody kind of played a a pretty good role. So how much was it?
1: Oh, it turned out to be about 3.3 million.
0: Oh, wow. So it was an expensive movie back then.
1: I guess so. Well, the Canadian at the time that they had just started that Canadian, like, um, that Canadian program where they would subsidize film and shit like that. That's why you see so many eighties, uh, crummy Canadian movies coming out Mm -hmm. specifically horror because they had this subsidy where they would pay a whole bunch of the, the, uh, the budget for, in order to, I guess, stimulate the film, the film industry.
0: Now, how did you guys feel about Mrs. Mack as a character? Do you think she was not necessary? She was absolutely necessary. You you needed, think she was, yeah she needed
1: somebody to lighten it up <laughs> her yeah, alcoholism he did it what's that
2: he brought the humor i think
1: yeah you needed uh i mean they did use the joke several times i think three to four times that she's secretly drinking <laughs> and then at one point she starts cursing people out and shit you know
2: Yeah, she was like claude you little prank.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I will say i laughed at one point because she um Everybody was getting killed, and then one girl was missing, and she was just singing and dancing as she was packing up her clothes to go visit her sister. That
1: is odd, yeah. <laughs> that is an odd reaction.
2: And when she was covering up the stuff, and was it Claire's room? Because it was like all sex shit.
1: Oh, and yeah. she had and... Yeah, when her dad came in, because he's all prim and proper. Yeah, there was like a poster of like some guy on top of a lady naked, and she just like holds her hand up against the poster, and... Is all kind of, I mean, these girls are like 21, 22 years old. You know, but I guess, again, different time. Hey, it was the times, it was right? the, Hey, it was the times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that's all I've, I pretty much got. I'm trying to think. There's nothing else that I, I have that we didn't already um, talk about. It's Overall, just, what do you give it? One to five, Frank. I got to be honest with you. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't for you, I would never have made it five minutes into this movie. But because you said it was good and we were doing this, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I watched it and I was glad that I did because it ended up I it, I ended up liking it. I really did. If the first time through I didn't like it that much, the second time through I did. So I'm going to give it probably a four. Yeah, yeah. How about you
2: i will give it a four as well because I think the first time I saw it, I did think it was a bit slow, but then once you get to the ending and the little twist in it, so I was like, yeah, I could watch it again.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd give it a four as well, simply for the, um, this, this stuff that could come out that would help it along a little bit to make it a little bit faster. But as far as like the, uh, the script and the, the photography and shit, I, I loved it. I, I thought it, I think it really captures the era of horror movies at that time, you know, cause you had like the exorcist, you had, uh, you had this, you had, he did a children shouldn't play with dead things. You had, um, by this point, I think Bay of Blood had come out, you know. So you had you had a lot of uh, a lot of horror where it wasn't there before. It was like cheesy sci fi monsters and you know teenage beach blanket bullshit, that kind of stuff. And this was like the beginning of the seventies was really the beginning of that wave of like non universal horror, non sci fi, non Martian type stuff, you know.
0: So and I, and I think this what happened with the main gist of this movie the fact that the villain was in the house plays on a fear all of us would have i mean this the movie was based on a story and then it was based off of an urban legend called the babysitter and the man upstairs it was also based off of some uh, uh murders that happened in montreal that I had read about that took place, um, I think it was like in the 60s, 60s mm-hmm. or 70s. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that, you know, where, where I live, we have a sliding glass door in our bedroom, my wife and I, and uh, there'll be times in the summer where we'll keep the door open, but I will not keep it open and fall asleep. Because mm-hmm. I would I would you know that's all you would, that's all I need is somebody to walk into the bedroom and kill me, you know? But I mean it, it's a it's a true fear of just having somebody come into your house.
2: But there was a time when people didn't lock their doors.
0: Where in Scotland?
2: Well, i <laughs> I like I've watched stuff from like America and they're like, Yeah, there's a time when we didn't like lock any doors and then serial killers came about.
1: Yeah, I I I never understood that. It's like Oh, you know, it was the kind of place where you could leave your doors unlocked. Why the fuck mm-hmm. would you? You have a lock. Why would you just not lock it? Like, what? Like, yeah, what, is that just like something mentally where people can look at it and be like, I know that I'm safe. Like, I like you want that feeling of like I live in a place where I know I don't have to worry about crime.
0: I I could never do it. I mean, maybe it's because of where we live. I mean, Brian, you probably always locked your doors. In oh yeah, Jersey and New York. I mean, even though I'm upstate, I mean, we always. I mean, I. I mean, I we actually, my house got broken into twice. Once when I was younger, uh, we had somebody break into the house. And then when, right after my wife and I had gotten married and moved into our own house, we had a break in. And um, I, I, mean, even back then, we've always had the doors locked. I mean, so I can't imagine living someplace where, oh, we just keep our doors unlocked. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, Chelsea, I'm imagining your doors are locked.
2: Oh, Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah.
0: then like, who's that walking behind you i actually <laughs> live like
2: in a nice area but like i remember i looked out the window one night it was like 3 a.m and then i just saw my neighbor like this guy who was like trying her door like he was wearing this like black hoodie and i was like i should really call somebody
0: <laughs> it was your door?
2: door it was my neighbor's door so i was like looking at it through the kitchen window i was like oh my god somebody's trying to break into our house and
1: that's when you decided not to call emergency service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the times. We <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> didn't get in. Our door was locked, so I was like, "He left. There's no point." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get like right up about this with the police. Like, I'm gonna have to give like a statement. Like,
1: you're gonna have to get involved, and nobody wants to get involved.
2: Better to just keep to yourself.
1: I <laughs> Agreed. All right. Well, that's it for Black Christmas. We learned a lot today, Frank. We learned that uh, Chelsea has a landline. We learned <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we learned that uh, you've been broken into twice.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And you uh, actually
2: have a fact about a serial killer, like relation to this movie.
1: Oh yeah, you said something about Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. right?
2: So Ted Bundy, when this movie came out, that was when he was like actively killing. And then later on, when he was asked about why he did what he did, he said that it was because of like porn and horror movies. And then when he, I think it was the second time he was in jail because he escaped, he escaped again and went to a sorority house. And he used the name Chris Hagan, I think, to get in. And the character is Chris Hayden, which is Claire's boyfriend in the movie. Really? So I was like, maybe he was huh. inspired by Black Christmas.
1: Yeah, that was a particularly vicious killings, too. Like, didn't he kill two or three people in that sorority house, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's a big right. biter. He's always people. biting people and
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? And
2: that's, like, how he got caught out, because of his teeth prints. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's. You have, you have any other notes there? Or? That that's oh, it. Oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that
2: was, like, the only one. I, I just looked it up. I was like, maybe, because I was watching a Ted Bundy thing, I was like, maybe that's relation to Black Christmas. Okay.
1: <laughs> that is interesting. Huh. Well, I think that is it for this episode of, uh, of, uh, you know, it was the times.
2: It was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you, you Chelsea,
1: for joining us. I think that, uh, I think this pilot
0: program worked, Frank. Yeah. It was a lot of fun having somebody, uh, a third person Mm -hmm. to, to, to go off of and stuff. What did you think, Chelsea?
2: I thought it was great. I mean, like, I've always wanted to like, like sit and talk you guys for a really long time
0: we're going to need you to post it on reddit if you don't (laughs) want yeah i'm like they're okay
2: Uh, (laughs) i spoke about the sopranos i I wish i was there
0: (laughs) yeah i wish we could have gone longer than an hour Mm -hmm. i love it i've still watched i'm still watching the sopranos so good and you know what? Right. Well, we, I, I can tell you this after we we hang up. Yeah, we'll hang. Well, we'll, we'll uh, stop the recording. We'll
1: stop the recording right here, and uh, everybody come on back next time. We may have another third mic if they can uh, prove that they can hold their water. So uh, until then, Frank.
2: All right. It was the times. Mm-hmm. Bye.